This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloyd Minster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloyd Minster Nissan. Hey, welcome inside the new Lloyd Minster Nissan on this gorgeous Tuesday. After we have uh, one bad day, one good day, it looks like. One cold day, one warm day. It looks like today is the uh, warm day, but maybe the uh, nice weather is here to stick around for a little while. We're here at the new Lloyd Minster Nissan where we have plenty of inventory, including the brand new 2022 Pathfinder and uh, just one week remaining. But all changes here at the new Lloyd Minster Nissan for the month of October, just $10. Lloyd Minster Legion is is looking for volunteers to sell poppies on poppy day this saturday you can contact them on their facebook page you can call the legion at 306-825-2521 we'll find out more about remembrance day and poppy day this saturday well less than a week to go before the big draw in the labus vacation raffle that's your chance to win a ten thousand dollar travel voucher which according to our government you are now able to do even for leisure travel you'll still need a negative test but you can now travel again so that ten thousand dollar travel voucher would come in handy but remember you could also choose eight thousand dollars cash get your tickets uh, by calling the labus office their number is 306-825-7212 they'll set it up for you you could also email them to get more information at labus at sasktel.net Tickets are one for 20, 10 for 50, or you can get a 100 tickets for $100. Lloyd X has another round of Chase the Ace going on with now 50 cards remaining and the jackpot starting this week at $18,717. The draw is tomorrow. The draw is every Wednesday night until that jackpot goes. And there are three ways to purchase tickets. You can get them online with a cutoff Wednesday at 7 p.m., www.lloydxh.com. E-transfer to Chase the ace at lloydxh.com with cutoff Tuesday at midnight and you can buy them in person and that's of course at the uh, Lloyd Mr. Exhibition office. Tickets uh, start at $10 and you can also bundle them up. Downtown Lloyd Minster has trick or treating for the kids this Saturday from 10 to 3. Yeah, that's this Saturday, one day before uh, Halloween. Many participating downtown businesses will have treats for the kids. And uh, we'll find out more about this on Thursday uh, when Think Lloyd First, Ben and Joel join us to talk about what's been happening in downtown Lloyd Minster. COVID-19 vaccination clinics in the area today till 4, tomorrow 9 to 4, and Thursday from noon to 7.30, all at the new Lloyd Minster Nissan Wild Rose Pavilion. Uh, vaccinations are also available through booking for your flu vaccine. Uh, there's uh, COVID-19 vaccination clinics at the Gold Horse Casino and Lakeland College uh, this week as well. That's on Thursday and uh, then on, on Friday, sorry. And then on Saturday, there's a uh, flu and COVID-19 vaccination clinic at the Prairie North Health Plaza. Lloyd Mr. Lyons Sock Drive is back again, and it will run until December the 20th. Uh, socks can be dropped off at Northern Factory Workwear, the Legacy Center, Exhaust Masters, and the Northern Factory Workwear Clearance Center. Socks will be given to the men's shelter and the Interval Home.
And because we know there's not enough treats in October with all that pumpkin stuff and the kids trick-or-treating, Miracle Treat Day is coming up at Dairy Queen on Thursday with proceeds to the Children's Stollery Hospital. Caleb Davidson is here. He is your host of the the hunting program, Just Relentless. And we're going to talk to Caleb when we come back here at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. She's a personal finance expert and blogger. So I want to share with you guys some of the biggest money mistakes we make because there's so much we can do to improve our financial lives. Hi, I'm Carrie K. Taylor, and you're invited to join me November 1st for an exclusive members-only event with Synergy Credit Union. I'm going to share the strategies that will give you the clarity and confidence to build your financial dreams on your terms. It's going to be fun, so if you're not a member yet, join right now, and I'll see you soon. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. PWM Steel in Lloydminster is the key supplier and largest indoor inventory of steel between Edmonton and Saskatoon. Locally owned, PWM Steel offers a wide range of services from steel cutting and bending to custom sign and powder coating. PWM Steel uses aluminum products as well as new and recycled steel key supplier of steel products and services since 1982. Visit their website at pwmsteel.com. Welcome back inside the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, where Caleb Davidson is our guest today. Uh, he is the host, one of the hosts, actually, yeah, one of, the, hosts. of uh, the hunting program, Just Relentless. And uh, I'm so far out of the loop, I had actually thought that Caleb was doing a podcast. And I'm not a real big hunter or anything, but, <laughs> you know, you and I had chatted out a kid, Scotty. Yep. And I said, got to get you on the program. Yeah, I'm happy and to be here. Uh, and so great to have you here. Oh, yeah. Great to be here, bud. And I was also thinking about the first time I met you was at the radio station. Yep. But I couldn't figure out like it was you and Leaf, and you guys were playing football or, or something was yep, going on. We were. I think it was a slave auction we were doing for the Red Dogs, I believe. That's right. And yeah, we were just starting up, and it was kind of our fundraiser to raise funds for like jerseys and stuff like that because it was brand new. Okay, where did your football career go? Uh, pretty much ended at the end of high school. Okay. I did have a, I had a full ride Simon Fraser University, and then I got dropped when I got hurt. And so I, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because uh, I was able to find my passions and kind of continue on from there. Whereas if I was to have played football, yeah, I probably would have had a good career, but... Yeah, but you joined the rodeo for a while, too. I did, yeah. yeah tell us, tell us about as, that. So, yeah, as soon as I... Uh, 
as soon as I stopped playing football and finished high school. Actually, I guess I was getting on bulls during high school, but my parents, they said, uh, as long as you're living under our roof, you ain't riding bulls. And so I moved out and I started riding bulls. <laughs> how, long, how many years did you drive bulls for? Uh, six, six years. Six years riding bulls. Yeah. Win anything? Win anything yeah, big? Yeah, I did, did a couple pretty good ones. I won the old Rustock Rumble there, and that one was a pretty good win for me. That one is was actually quite big it was 10 grand in the pocket and a nice buckle on the belt so that one was a good one for me boy your your mom must just love you the way that you've treated her eh? i mean oh. you know don't ride bulls they ride bulls you play football which is a dangerous <laughs> yeah. sport you know now you go hunting you just you know oh, bless bows and guns yeah. you know bless her heart <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> but actually we should kind of go back a little bit because yep. that is where you find your passion so it is uh, tell us where you grew up so I grew up on a ranch northeast of Maidstone, and uh, my parents, they are cattle ranchers still to this day. My brother and my dad are actually still running the, running the ranch out there, have a really good operation going. I think they're running just under 1,000 head of cattle right now, so they're busy all the time. And uh, that's where I'm able to do a majority of my hunting. My dad gives me and my brother, and my dad's involved in it pretty heavy too out there, and we uh, have a pretty good fundamentals when it comes down to like the whole raising the deer the way we want them, management style, um, doing our food plots the way that we want them, just getting these whitetails and, and the deer the way that we want them to be. And we have a good management program out there, so it's it's been really good. Can you expand on that a little bit on your management program? Yeah, so like for us, like um, when I grew up, like when you score a deer, um, it's like there's like a Boone and Crockett score, there's Pope and Young, kind of like that kind of thing. And uh, the size you measure the antlers in it, adds up inches right and so in our family growing up um, we weren't allowed to shoot anything under the score of 150 which is a nice deer that's a that's a good respectable deer but we were brought up like my, my dad he would always go after like 175s 180 that's world-class deer and so what we do at the ranch um, it's all free range like wild wild game as wild as it gets we just help them out a lot more so like we'll put out food plots we'll do um, a lot of brassica mixes and stuff like that. Alfalfas. We'll we'll brush lines for them, make everything a little bit more easier for them, less stress, that kind of thing, and uh, helps our success rate go up quite a bit too. Just for the fact the deer get used to being in an area for so long, they'll bed closer, so you'll be able to get them on film easier because they're coming out in an earlier time frame. And so that's one of the things that we we do out there. Um, for the management side of things, um, whoever shoots the biggest deer before, he has to take the management deer the next year. So if there's one that's coming out there that he just looks like Elliot off of, uh, what's it called, open season, he's the one who gets dropped. So then uh, you have to put your tag on that guy. So, so how long have you guys been doing that? Ever since I was 12. So that's the, and in Saskatchewan, it's legal to hunt at the age of 12. And so as long as I can remember, we've always had that mindset you know like let them go let them grow kind of thing like that because you're never going to shoot a a big big whitetail if you're always shooting small ones so we always got to that stage where it was always just watching these deer and seeing the ones that had the potential and just making sure that those ones there had what it took to to get them to that next level okay so when did you realize that you loved hunting like you said like you said i you know you found your passion after you were you know kind of yeah, you know, football didn't go the way that you wanted no, to go. Football you got didn't hurt, go the way so that I the, wanted. So I, you found your passion, but yeah. like, so when you're growing up, the, the hunting passion was there, just not like it, it was is now. there. So like, me and my brother, 
I remember I bought an old camera. Like, well, I guess it would have been a new camera. It was a Panasonic, and it was one that took a cassette. When was this? How old are you? I would have been... I was 10. Okay. I was 10, so I wasn't even able to hunt for myself yet, but my brother was. And so we would go and we'd sit in the bush together and we would film these hunts. Just like... Get out of here. We'd film these hunts just as kids. And we had deer, like... We had fawns walk over top of us. Like, we'd be sitting on a trail. We've had them walk over top of us. We've had does sniff our feet like stuff that you would never experience as a kid normally this is stuff we got to experience as kids i had a squirrel run up my leg and over my shoulder i hate squirrels to begin with so that i ruined that hunt that night because i stood up and i was like no oh! kind of thing but yeah so like a lot of things that we got to experience as a kids a lot of kids that i know don't get that experience but we started filming right from the age 10 on just an old cassette style video camera and if I ran out of tape for the next year and I couldn't afford to grab a new one, I would go back and see which hunt I didn't like and I'd record over that just so I had another hunt to, to film. But that's when I started doing it as a kid and I, I loved it. But that's as I got older. That strikes something with me because when I was a kid, like, you know, like I would spend 20 years in radio. Yep. And when I was a kid, like m my neighbor and I, my one of my best friends that's what we did we recorded things like we just recorded things into a cassette player to like you know we're we're now the the tv guys and we're calling hockey games yeah. or we're on the radio and we're 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 trying to make people laugh or whatever creating these short stories and stuff and and i didn't uh, go into radio right away either i spent like uh, seven years uh working in a restaurant and then going to, to college for radio so kind of what you're saying is kind of striking me a little bit here yeah like it's it wasn't actually a venue that I thought I was going to go down at one point. So my brother, he had the idea, well, let's let's start a TV show. And this was back when we were kids. And we had watched, I remember it was called Real Tree Monster Bucks. And it was a video that we bought at an old Doug and Doug's Honda store. Like, um, I, I think he was a Honda dealer, but yeah, he was yeah, like I a gun shop and it was yeah. Doug and Doug's. And we bought this video from there and we went home and watched it. And it was the very first hunting video I watched. I was hooked. And me and my brother would pretend to be these guys out there. So we would pretend to be David Blanton, Michael Waddell, like these big names in the hunting industry. And we would go out, we'd shoot our shoot our bows, and we'd always pretend it was a big whitetail or something like that. And as we started going, we found that that was kind of like what we tried to replicate when we'd go out into the field. So like we'd see how they videoed the trees, how they videoed the sun, the animals as they're coming in, the screens, that style, where you're placing your camera, that kind of thing. And so as we continued getting older, we always wanted that venture, but we never had the opportunity to. And uh, so we were we were playing football. You know, my brother, he, he was a very, very good football player. He was. Like, arguably the best player to come out of Lloyd in a long time. And... Uh, he was he always wanted to ranch that was his thing he wanted to ranch and so he uh he stayed home he made a decision he wanted to have a family and he he made the right decision because he's doing very well for himself and he has a beautiful family um but he was never able to to do that tv show that we wanted because at the time it was me and my brother-in-laws and my brother we decided we were going to do blood brother outdoors that was the name of the show that we were going to do and it never really took off and uh but i always had that kind of like that spark inside me is i i know i want to do this did you just put that on youtube or what no, you? we never even got that far okay so like we put out a couple we did a couple episodes and uh we always filmed like it didn't matter if we were doing planning on doing a show or not we always filmed our hunts it was just something we did we always went out if, we, if you had a good buck on camera 
someone was videotaping you, you were going out and you were hunting. And uh, yeah, my brother, he he never got to go down that venture, and I guess that was one of the reasons that it sparked me a little bit more, just to go that a little bit extra mile and, and do it for us. So so then all of a sudden cameras get better. Yeah. I mean, right? Like They do. They, they get lighter. Mm -hmm. The cameras that you need to use get a lot lighter and, yep. and things like that. So when did you start working at Wildside? I started working at Wildside. That would have been about three, three years ago now. So I was always, I was a pro staff member for them. I was a shooter for them for, for a year before I actually started working there. And I was working in the oil field and I, I was working in the oil field ever since I was 16. And, uh, oh no, sorry, 18 was when I started in the oil field. And, uh, so I'd always come into the store and talk to Cal about hunting and stuff, and I would stay there until closing. After I was done work, I'd stay there for four hours, five hours, just visiting, and then I found myself talking to customers as they come in, you know, and then I, I would sell guns for, for things. I would sell bows, and I didn't even work there. And so finally, Cal just one day said, why don't you just come work for us? And I was like, well, I was like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's do this. So, and uh, I've been there since for three years now and it's it's been awesome. Okay, and then like I used to do remotes and stuff there and then one day I'm in there and you're telling me about your coffee. Yeah. So tell us about that too. Yeah, so I, I started doing, um, I started doing coffee a couple years back too. I think that one will be going about four years now for brass. I've been brass coffee companies and- uh, Created the coffee. Yeah, yeah. So we, me and a buddy actually started it and I ended up uh, buying him out um, and, uh, he's an absolute gem of a guy. He knew coffee like so well, and he knew how to market and he was, he was a very good partner in that. We just decided to go separate ways with the company, but we had an absolute blast together. I'm actually going to be taking him for his first hunt. I, I bought him his first rifle this year. And so he's going to be going on his first hunt with me. And, uh, so I started the coffee company and kind of kind of designed it so that it was around that hunting outdoor lifestyle you know a little bit edgy you know with the whole brass like it was it was made for for the canadian outdoorsman that was kind of my my saying for it was like the coffee for the canadian outdoorsman yeah and so like my blends are recoil full draw black gold that was for the oil industry and grizzly espresso that was my number one seller and yeah it was i got into that and i we did a full year of research and development before we even sold a bag of coffee. And so we had really good tasting coffee. And so that's what we, that's kind of my side hustle that I do on the side. Yeah. You keep saying we had, but you still have it, right? I still have it. Yeah. yeah. So where can you, where can you buy it? You can buy it at Wildside or you can get it online on my online store and it's just brasscoffeecompany.com. Okay. Let's get into just relentless now. Like how, how does it start where you say you start thinking about this TV show again? So I was starting to film and at one point I wanted to do a YouTube route. That was going to be kind of my thing. I'd watched a couple guys make it fairly successful in the YouTube industry. And, uh, so I was recording some hunts going and seeing a lot of different places, like went down and did a trip in South Dakota for an archery shoot down there met a whole bunch of people and started planning a whole bunch of hunts. And this was before we even came up with the name Just Relentless or anything. And I came home and I knew for a fact I wanted to do a show. It was just, something was in me. I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And uh, I was sitting down, Wildside had a pro staff meeting. And this is where I met my, my other host, Kalen. So we were sitting down across from each other and I was saying to everybody there, I was like, well, you know, we got a good group of hunters here and everything. I said, why don't we start filming our hunts and I said why don't we 
why don't we put this on the Sportsman Channel or something like that? And nobody was really all that keen on it except Kalen. Kalen was just looking at me. But it, so- like, it, sounds, it sounds like a lot of work, and it sounds impossible. It does. It's like, well, you know, who are we? We're from Lloydminster exactly. or whatever. We're, yep. what, what do we know kind e- of thing? Okay? Exactly. What's well, right. one of the biggest things is, like, a lot of people look at it, and, like, even still to this day, there's lots of guys that I know that are like, I've always wanted to do a show, but I, I, just, I just can't do it kind of thing. I can't, can't commit that much time into it. And that was where me and Kalen looked at each other. So and you like, connect with Kalen? We, we connected. I connected with him instantly. Me and him had the same mindset, the same goal. We wanted to make a show. And that was our, that was our only goal at that time. And so we just started talking and uh, started hunting together. And then we noticed that as we started hunting together, it was like, holy smokes. Like, we mesh completely with our filming style, our hunting style. Like we were relentless with everything right so it was like you wake up first thing in the morning and at four o'clock and you're out there before before it's even light like you're out there getting in the stand everything like you're putting in the most amount of work that more than anybody like you're out there doing that little extra and that's what i found with kaylin and so we decided you know what let's let's do this let's let's try this route and uh then we got approached we started just putting videos out couple like pictures and stuff like that on social media and uh we originally the name wasn't going to be just relentless the name was going to be uh just hunting uh because everybody would ask ask me or ask kaylin what have you guys been up to and you know like, oh, i know just hunting kind of thing like that and then we started thinking about like yeah that's kind of a cool name it's kind of catchy and uh but then we ran into copyright issues for that name and uh but we had already sent in a design for a place called three planes they were the ones designing our logo for the outdoor industry and it would be copyrighted and everything. And so we sent in what we wanted, and it was kind of like the J with the antler coming off of it, right? And so we knew we wanted that incorporated into it. And so when we ran into the copyright issues with there, we were like, wow, what are we going to do? And started talking about it. We were sitting in my basement, and uh, he said to me, he was like, man, what are we going to do? He's like, we got to find a name. And I was like, man, I was like, we just got to stay relentless with this and just, just find something. And then he looked at me, and he goes, just relentless. I was like just relentless and so we started that up and within i think it was three months of us starting just posting stuff the sportsman channel canada picked us up so did you approach sportsman channel or they approached they approached us okay so they what happens when they call or they call what what do they do it was actually a text message and it was from uh, a guy by the name of jordan walsh and he's from the wainwright area and he has a show but he also works directly with the network yeah and uh, people will recognize that name for yes sure. they will yeah and uh so he contacted us and he was like hey so i hear you guys are looking at wanting to do something would you guys be interested in coming on the coming on the network and trying it out without even thinking twice me and came like yeah we're in sign us down like let's let's do it then then it started getting to the point where it was like holy smokes we're on tv we got to produce and then it started to think about well we're not going to be able to get six six episodes ourselves this first year we need a pro staff and that's when we brought on hutley shepherd so we brought hutley shepherd on he was another guy that we knew from the store um i knew hutley a little bit beforehand and um he's got a beautiful family he's a big into the outdoor industry as well and just an awesome elk hunter that's what he he just loves hunting elk and his he would always take wildlife he did wildlife photography that was just his hobby he'd just go out there and he'd do that and that's where I found that he kind of had that eye for the filming as well. Because that's one thing. You can be a good hunter, but if you're not good with a camera or being able to be good in front of a camera, you'll never make it in the industry. 
Well, you just, guys have some shots, like not just of wildlife, but also of scenery. Yeah. Like you have some beautiful shots. Absolutely. Of you, have to have, you have to have the eye for it because yeah. if, if you don't have that creative mindset, you're just going to be that run of the mill cookie cutter, everything. There's going to be nothing that sets you, sets you apart and you can be an amazing hunter, but if you're not an amazing hunter with a cameraman, right. That you're not getting it. So, so he comes on board, he comes on board and he was from the moment we asked him you know approached him we sat down we we're like hey man we'd like to talk to you about maybe coming on board with just relentless um if that's something you'd be interested in he's like yeah stop by the house let's let's have a chat so we stopped by and had a good little chat with him and yeah it was within we knew instantly that was that was our guy so we signed him on to the show and he's just been been an awesome pro staff like couldn't ask for anything better so at this point, do you like? Are you paying the like the Sportsman Channel? Are they paying you? So and, and like, that's the one thing a lot money, of people money has to play into it, right? Money plays a huge factor, and so um, the to be on a network, you actually have to pay to be on a network. There is a network fee yep. that you have to pay to have a show. That's where sponsorships comes in. So um, that's the one thing that any any show will tell you this day and age is nearly impossible is to find sponsors. Trying, to, we we're trying our best to find sponsors from our area because the last thing i want to do is to go and promote a company in edmonton or fort sask or something like that or saskatoon that i could promote locally i'm a local boy and i want to show that fact that we're local boys to this area and we're proud of where we come from and i would love to showcase all this that we have to offer and showcase what lloyd has to offer and uh, that's where we we ran into issues the first part of the season. We were well, like, because of COVID, right? COVID, nobody was sponsoring. Yeah. Like, it came to the point where it was like, oh, man, are we going to be even able to do this network fee? Was it, is this 2019 or is this 2020? This is 2020. 2020. So yeah. the year that we started was 2020. Right. And so it was, it was extremely tough. Our first season was such a learning curve for us, but our first, our first sponsor was Wild Side Outdoors. And Cal and Sherry... They uh, they were 100% behind us the entire well, time. They've had a tough go of it, too. We oh. had Cal on the show. He says, you know, during COVID, for three months, we're basically shut down. Yep. You know, we don't know if we're going to, like, have a store and stuff. But, he, yep. you know, this this community supported him. Oh, like you would not big believe. Big way. And he turns around and supports you. That was, like, that's what I mean. Like, that just shows you his character. Yeah. Um, he knew that was a dream of ours. And he was like, you know what? You guys have put in so much work. He was like, we're going to pay your network fee. And so we were just like like all of that having that off of us we were just like okay now we can focus more on hunting again kind of thing and uh so we also landed our first camel sponsor with badlands um they're based out of utah but now they've got a um a manufacturer here in in canada and uh so we've been wearing their camel now they were the first ones to jump on board with us that was an actual one and they've they've been a big blessing to us as well it's been awesome sponsorship get easier because of the first season after the first season yeah it's it's definitely helped because now now we can approach companies and be like this is what we are this is what we can do for you this is what we show this show, is, them, yeah, show them product absolutely and uh so we had a very successful first season um we killed a lot of big animals um a lot of unreal hunts like you could say it was fate but i put on i've been putting in for an antelope tag for 14 years and i had it for my first season of just relentless i drew that tag i watched that episode yeah yeah and it's one of those things you're just like 
that was meant to be like you know there's there's definitely god has definitely had his hand on that take for sure well it, and i want to get into that a little bit more because um you know like you want a hunt to go smooth <laughs> or do you yeah you know you know exactly. what i mean because you're filming and if everything goes really really smoothly you know, you kind of need that. You need something to happen, right, to oh, make it a little interesting. Absolutely. So you go to commercials. Like, do they get this uh, bear or buck or, yeah. or, or what happens? Or, well, you know, there was one, I think I was watching it, and you're like, but we'll find out when we come back why I didn't shoot this bear. Yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? I yeah. messed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of, yeah. So you kind of want things to go you a do. little bit you, off, you not want too far off. You want off. a challenge, but you don't want it to be to the point where you're like, holy smokes, am I ever going to see this animal again kind of thing, right? Um, that bear episode, that one there is kind of a funny one because me and Hutley went out. We had this big bear on on camera, and uh, this was another thing that Cal did for us. Cal's had these baits established up north for I think he's been having them for 14 years now. He's got a ton of great stories. Oh, you want to hear a story? There, you want to yeah. listen to Cal Wakeman? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were we were in his area, and he said, "You know what?" He's like. We're busy. He's like, you guys go and do whatever you want with these baits. They're yours now. You go and run them. But he is in the beginning of one episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's in, yeah. the, like, that's one thing with Cal. He may say, go and do what you want, but he's going to be in there and yeah. doing it with you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he takes you up there. He takes us up there, um, helps us set up and everything. And within hours, we had bears on these, on these stations. So we were like, oh, it smokes like we're in a good spot. And there's this one bear in particular, he came in and he just had a big old melon head. And on camera, he was just an absolute giant. And he made all these other bears look fairly small around him. And, but he had no distinct markings on him from what we could see on the camera. And so when we went in there and sat for that first day for this bear, we got in there and within, I think it was 10 minutes, we were sitting in the stand, all of a sudden this big bear walks in. I'm looking at Hutley and I'm like, man, that's a, that's a big bear. And I was like, should we shoot this guy? And Hutley looks at me and goes, I don't think that's the big guy. And I said, I don't think it is either. So we were just like talking back and forth, kind of discussing this while this bear is underneath our stand. Then he goes and rubs this tree and he just starts scratching his back like this. And we see this white V on his chest. And so I'm starting to think, and I'm, so we're, we're even like we grabbed our phones and we're like looking through our pictures trying to find if this bear had a white v on his chest but none of the pictures had an angle where we could see that and then he he walked away and i looked at the camera and i said i said i might re i said i might regret not shooting this bear and i said well if he gives us an opportunity to shoot him here i said i'll shoot him and the bear i don't know if he heard me or what but he just like kind of looked up at us and then just walked straight away and i like Looked back at Hutley, I was like, I, I messed up there. I said, we should have been shooting that bear. Then, that night, that same, that, I guess it was, we got back, we started going through the footage and stuff like that from the camera on this bear, and we noticed that there was a, a scar going past his eye right here, and then in one picture on the, on the, he's standing by the barrel, you can see the start of the white V. And I just looked at Hutley, I was like, we just passed up our target bear. And so Hutley and I are just starting to laugh, and we're just like, yeah, well, we just look like two rooks out here, you know, just passed up a 20-inch bear. And uh, so I hunted this bear hard, trying to, like, then he never came back, right? So we're just like, oh, like, I messed up big time. This bear's never coming back. And he didn't. He didn't come back until the very 
So that was the start of the season. So that was the end of April where we saw that bear. And uh, I ended up shooting a really nice bear. It was the biggest bear that I could find. And then after I shot this bear, V showed up again on camera. So Hutley goes in and he ends up shooting this bear. And we didn't realize how big he was until we got it on the ground. And he ended up being about a 22 inch bear. And that's, that's a phenomenal bear. Well, I remember you guys showing the scars too. Yeah. On his... He was just a fighter. Like yeah. he had scars all the way up his face. His head was scarred up. His teeth were like gnawed down. Like he was an old, old brute, but he was. So let me ask, like, does it go back to like life on the ranch is why you don't just take any bear? I like think any so. big bear walks in. Yeah, I, I think so because like it, I had such that uh, mentality instilled me by my by my dad was like you know like you you hold out like you you you're never gonna sh be great if you're only doing good. That was our biggest biggest thing growing up, and so like if you're always just taking oh that's a that's a nice one I'll I'll settle for that one. You're you're never gonna shoot that big guy, and uh, so that's kind of what happened with me on that one. Okay, the other thing about the, the show is, you, you know, normally you'd be out there, a couple of guys, whatever. Now yeah. you add a cameraman. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit uh, tougher to, especially in the antelope episode, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you 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 got a cameraman there, and you're trying to kind of hide behind a You're trying you know, to a hide decoy. a decoy or anything you can find, any little pieces of grass or anything like that, because they have such good eyesight. They could be a mile and a half away from you, and you take a white white rag, go like this in the air. And they see it like the littlest amount of movement there they're on you so how do you play that then with the camera like how do you guys you have to be so so is, is Hutley always the cameraman no no Hutley's Hutley's hunts a lot too and do you guys always go in twos yeah usually if we can if we have a good setup we try to run three so if we can have more angles the better the footage um, but it very rarely are you able to do that that's the one thing with all of us we still have our jobs and so like if, if our days off line up perfect if not sometimes you even have to go by yourself and self-film that was the one thing that we found hutley did a lot of self-filming his first year um but we try to always have always have a cameraman with you so he go out just to get b-roll kind of thing yeah kind of thing like i'll go out and get some footage of some yeah. some animals and stuff like that yeah and okay. then as soon as you have a cameraman with you that's usually when things start getting really successful because self-filming that's my hat's off to anybody that can do that in the hunting industry and this go out there and self-film them doing an actual hunt yeah there's some footage of um i think it, there's is it it may even be the first episode where they show kaylin with the bow yeah and then they show the the show him hit it too yep. like there's two different camera angles yeah right? yeah we had two cameras running on that one so you have one just sitting in a tree and yeah then you... actually so this one was actually kind of cool so we had just got kaylin kaylin bought a brand new camera at the start of the year and so it was like one of the nicest ones you could get and so hutley was filming him and i was in the stand to the east and i had my camera in with me as well and uh so you were there okay. i was there yeah i was just i was just further away from them but hutley filmed two cameras at once and so when you see he held one on kaylin and one on the barrel I don't know how he did it because I can't hold on one camera at once sometimes. Well, and you do got, two cameras, you get you both shitty shots is what I yeah, find. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why you, 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 I can't even hold one. But. Yeah, he nailed it. And yeah. so, like, you get those two different camera views. So you see Kalen pull back and everything, and he just smokes that bear. And it was just, 
So what yeah. is it about bow hunting? Bow hunting's a challenge. Um, you have to be a hunt. I have to be a good hunter to bow hunt. You you can't be a crappy bow hunter and be successful. It just you can be lucky, but you'll never be a good bow hunter if if you're not a good hunter. Um, you have to be that much closer to the animal. I think it's that much more intimate with everything. So you get to experience like the best way I can explain it is I've had rifle hunters come in and they're like, you know what, I'm I'm getting bored. I want to try bow hunting, and they'll try bow hunting and they'll say I'll never rifle hunt again because now they're experiencing these animals in a way that nobody else does. You will become a better hunter in one day bow hunting than you will your entire life of rifle hunting. You have to get close, you have to control your breathing. You can't even, like, especially on the cold weather days, if you're breathing too heavy and you're steaming, they're seeing you. So you even have to control how much air you're letting out of your lungs. You gotta watch your wind direction. You gotta make sure that they're never downwind to you. You gotta make sure they can't hear you. Like a lot of times, like when we're hunting mule deer, we're hunting in our socks. Like we'll take our boots off, we're going in our socks and we're stalking in as quiet as we can. And you just have to get, you have to close that distance because for me, I try not to shoot anything past 60 yards with my bow. I am talented when it comes to a bow, but I also respect the animal enough to know that I'm not gonna take a questionable shot if I don't have to. So. Um, I always try to make my shots as quick and clean as possible. That's why on my antelope hunt, when I ended up pulling that shot, I was so disgusted with myself. But also that camera shot isn't as bad as you think, whereas because Hutley was a little bit further um, east than I was, and I had to shoot him on an angle, so my shot comes through here and it takes his liver out the backside. So it's, it's not as bad as it looks on camera, but um, even still, I wanted that shot a little bit more to the left. I hadn't like that much of a window to shoot through, but it was still, I was really disappointed in my shooting. And that's something that will eat at you as a hunter. If you're not able to make that shot, it will eat at you. But if you're, if you're out there and experiencing these animals, like I've seen a buck have a porcupine walk in and he'll toss a porcupine in the air with his rack. Like, and just little things like that you you don't wouldn't get to see as a rifle hunter like there's little fawns grabbing an apple with their mouth you know or something like that and can't chew it and it spits out of their mouth and it hits another one in the eye kind of thing like that you know just little things that you don't get to appreciate as a rifle hunter because you're that much closer and you get to see it up close um it's a lot of stuff you just have to experience for yourself to really understand it so we had Cal uh, Wakelin in, and he was saying, like, COVID-19 has really helped bring people to fishing. It has. Uh, has it done the same for hunting? Yes. I, it, it's brought in a lot more of people. They're not able to go and do their normal stuff, so they're wanting to try something different. And then I'm finding that there's a lot more people that are bow hunting and then seeing how awesome and amazing it is that they're staying with it. And so, like... There's kids that I know that, like, that's one thing I'm big in is getting the youth and the young kids into the hunting industry. Um, kids that were wanting to play hockey that couldn't play hockey, and they're like, well, there's nothing else to do. Let's try archery. And then those kids start doing archery and bow hunting, and they don't play hockey no more. Where did that come from? Like, because I know Cal's the same way with fishing. For and like pro- the and hunting, actually. The hunting and side hunting, of things, but, I think. But just, just, like, why is it so important to you guys? The, the way that I look at it is they're our future. 
Um, this day and age, if if they're not seeing that at a young age, very rarely are you going to do something do that as an adult. Um, I know what my from my experience, having that at a young age made me who I am today. And so if I'm able to start a kid on a path that I know that they're going to stick with, that's also my way of connecting with a kid and, you know, kind of guiding them along. Because there's a lot of times where the kids come in, they're single parents, stuff like that, where they don't really have somebody to look up to. If there's some way that I can help in any way, I'm going to do it. So I, I know I had a bunch of people that Cal Wakeland was one of them. Um, when I was a kid, I shot with Cal Wakeland, and I thought he was the best thing alive because he had, he was shooting 3D archery with a recurve and shooting better than some of the guys at the compound. And I was like, holy smokes, like how is this guy doing that kind of thing? And Cal is so good when it comes to getting people started in hunting. And I guess that's one of the things that took over for me is I wanted to keep that legacy going. And uh, so I kind of picked one of those things up from Cal, you know, and just trying to, the youth are our future. The kids are our future. And if I can have any impact on a kid's life, that's what I'm going to do. And I want to set them on the right path. So Just Relentless is into season two. Season two. Well, it's filming, right? You guys we're are filming, filming right We're now? in the filming right now. Like, we just actually had a goose hunt that we filmed um, with Fatal Impact. They have one of the top shows on the network, and they came down and filmed a goose hunt with us. So that was pretty cool. So is that air on Just Relentless or on Fatal Impact? That, this one, I think, will be a Just Relentless one. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot. That's another thing. Like, I'm... I'm big on that. Like, I'm never going to stop learning. Like, if I get a chance to learn a little bit more about camera or different ways to hunt, I I'm going to pick that up. What did you learn from season one, though? Like, when you guys went from season one, you're like, well, that would, you know, nobody's ever satisfied. You, mm -hmm. you don't seem like a guy who's ever satisfied. I'm not. So, like, what did you learn from season one that you hope people notice in season two? There's going to be more camera work. Um, there's a lot more. Um, we thought we filmed enough last year until I started editing. And then as soon as I started editing, I was like, oh, oh boys, we gotta, we gotta film more. So there's gonna be a lot more of that buildup for everything. There's gonna be more storylines to it. I have a very creative mind when I picture an episode, so there's gonna be a lot more of that. Um, you're gonna see a lot more work. Um, I thought that I did enough last year, and then as soon as I started seeing my work, I wasn't satisfied. So I was like, this year here, I have spent more time out in the woods, more time hunting, more time filming than I ever have in my life. And so you're going to see more quality, more more content, and you're going to see one giant white tail hit the dirt. Yeah. You want to tell us a little about that about that like when when does the episode come out? That one will be that will probably be one of our premiere episodes that I'll probably be either episode 3 or 4 or something like that, something mid-range, you know, to kind of end it off. Um, same people? Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be the same. Actually, we brought on another another pro staff by the name of Ben Schneider, and he's a taxidermist from uh, Lone Rock area, and uh, a great guy. Like he is one of those guys that you just feel better being around type of guy. Great with a camera, great in front of a camera, and just a blast to be around. And that's one of the things that we we're wanting to build as a culture, which is relentless. Like is is have that whole mindset of having that quality of people around there you know like when we're representing a, a place like when people ask where you're from we're representing lloyd i want to showcase what we're made of what we're from 
kind of thing what made us and that's that's kind of the community that we're we're building there and it's it's been awesome getting a lot of community support which is unreal so you mentioned something you said you know this area so is that where most of the hunts take place then yeah almost i'll probably say about 90 percent of the hunts are from our area here yeah obviously yeah. the antelope hunt was antelope hunt i went on southern sask yeah. yeah most um, of it on your dad's land or uh no not all of it um my dad has a fair fair bit of ranch land there um but a lot of the times we're we venture off a little bit from there um Kalen, he hunts a fair bit north. Hutley, he he hunts in the Vermilion, um, Kid Scotty area, um, and then with um, Ben, he's kind of like he lives at Lone Rock area. So we kind of. So is he is his is his um, is is his portion of the show like doing the taxidermy or is he out hunting with? No, you he's guys? out hunting. Okay. He, it's just a bonus yeah. that he's going to do our stuff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Is that what you've always had to do your your stuff? No, nope. no, nope, not always. So like, I actually still have a couple guys that I still go to. Um, there's True Taxidermy. He's a good buddy of ours as well. He's also Hutley's cousin, and uh, he he's done my bear and he did my antelope and he did a couple euro mounts for me. Um, but uh, my whitetail one, I go to Colin Domes here in Lloyd. He's actually my neighbor. And uh, he's very talented. Both of them are extremely talented taxidermists. It's just, it's nice to have uh, that little extra. So if someone's busy, you know, you just, yeah, you can trust somebody else and send them over there. You know, you're still getting a quality, quality piece back. With the border uh, closed, um, we don't have many Americans no. coming up to hunt like we usually do. Uh, what was that done to populations? For bear, it skyrocketed them. Um, that actually probably hurt m the hunting industry more than anything because our uh, moose numbers go down and our elk and deer numbers go down when the bears go up. So they did a study, and I think it was 3,600 bears weren't going to get shot because of the Americans not able to come down to hunt. And we noticed it. Like, even our, our bear season up there in the bush, we had, we had 14 different bears on one station alone. And we have stations all over the place. So you think about how many bears we're seeing, how many of the ones are we not seeing? And uh, it can get overwhelming, like extremely overwhelming. They will just take out a moose population. That's the one thing that bear hunting was so looked down upon by the people that don't understand it. Um, but I think it's starting to come to light a little bit more. People are starting. That's the one thing I am noticing. Like there's this, this show on, on Netflix called Meat Eater. Um, with Steve Rennell, and he's very good at teaching people the importance of conservation and the fact that you have to harvest some of these animals, otherwise it harms the others. And it used to be people would look at you like, oh, you're just trophy hunting bears and stuff like that. I was like, well, if we don't, there's, like, you know what the number one killer is for bears? Other bears. Other bears. There's nothing else. I learned that from Just Relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Other bears. <laughs> yeah, I should just let you take yeah. that. But, other yeah. bears. Yeah. Other bears and disease and starvation. Disease in bears. Yeah, like for when they get old, right? right. They'll get sick and they'll die. Okay. Um, but they usually, when they get sick, they get old, they get slow, and they get killed by another bear. That's how it works. There is no peace and tranquility in the wild. It doesn't happen. There is nothing that's... Very rarely does one close its eyes. It's not a, it's and not a Disney movie. It's not a Disney movie. Yeah. They don't live in harmony. Like, there's not going to be very well be a wolf 
hang around with a deer and they're going to cuddle at night. Yeah. That, yeah. that deer's not waking up. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and so that's the one thing that we're trying to like show is the fact, like if these bears aren't controlled, they're going to, for one, they're going to start moving in more. They're going to push more out and they're going to start going more onto the farmland. They're going to start wiping out crops. They do an incredible amount of damage to crops. A lot of people don't know that, but they will go into an oat field and they will live in their corn. They will live in corn. And so that's also taking money from farmers, ranchers, all that kind of thing. But they will destroy a moose and elk population. Have you had any pushback from, from anybody since you started doing the, the program? You know, you still get those haters every once in a while. You get a lot of people that, like, give you negative comments. Don't understand stuff, it. They don't understand it. Like, even for me, when I, when I shoot my big whitetail and stuff like that, like, there's always going to be people that... The whitetail that I shot this year was fairly large. And I had people... Um, accusing me of shooting a high fence deer and I take a lot of explain pride. high fence high fence is enough uh, a fence that they can't jump and so that's a game a game farm and so that's where guys will raise these deer and stuff like that and make they're unrealistic deer right so they're like deer that are so big that they're they're unrealistic and uh, so somebody accused you of that somebody accused me of that and uh yeah, so I got that quite a bit after I how shot do you, him. How do you go back against that? Like, somebody says something like that, Caleb. You know what? To the most part, there's a lot of times you just have or? to ignore it. Because you'll never you'll never please everybody. Like, it, it's impossible. There's going to be people that don't understand me going out and harvesting a moose for meat. People aren't, aren't going to understand that. Like, I come from a rancher. People have always said that to me. Well, you've got unlimited beef. Well, I want moose. Like, you know, like... Moose is so good, moose isn't is it? Moose is so good. It Elk really is. is so good. Like, yeah. moose is deer I, is good. I like, find moose is the best, probably. Oh, I did up some on my pit boss here the other day. Did the back straps up. This made, like, perfect. Oh, I'm hungry now just thinking about it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, people don't, if they don't want to learn or understand it, you're never going to change those people. The people that I want to reach are the people that are willing to listen and understand what I am doing. You know, kind of thing. Like, it's hunting's a passion, but there's also a responsibility that comes with being a hunter as well. How has life changed since you started doing just relentless? Busy. Yeah, it's busy. Um, um, it's gotten. Do you, ever, do you think you'll make money on the show? You ever ever get to the point where oh, you yeah. think you'll actually make money? Oh yeah. Like we're we're gonna be at that stage here. Hopefully, like I call it a five year plan. And so, like the first couple of years, you know, you're gonna struggle, but. The more successful and the longer you're on there, the more that you learn, the better hunter you become, um, the more people are going to notice that. And then in the outdoor industry, is the exact same way. They see success, they want to be a part of it. And uh, I'm hoping that's what we're going to be able to find here for sponsors in Lloyd, is people wanting to be a part of the culture and the show that we're representing and, and help us out in that area as well. But, yeah, like we're my goal is to be doing the show full-time in in three years from now and not be all i'm doing tell me more about season two season two is a blast yeah like what 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 do you, like is it all filmed now or nope we're still filming like um so our season's still going um i shot a bear well it's just really getting into deer season now yeah like i'm done whitetail i and then i didn't get drawn for mule deer so i have i have four days left to hunt mule deer this year 
So after today, I got time off of work and I'm gone hunting again. And so if I don't get anything in that four days, so be it. I had a great season with. We're lucky workout. to get you today. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah we picked the right day. You, you 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 did the right time. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got you got, you you got, uh, like you got the four guys. So I got the four guys. Yeah. And Where so are we gonna see you, you, the goose hunt? You're gonna see. Is that yeah, you're just see from this, the other day? That's yeah. That's from this past weekend. So you're gonna see that. You're gonna see. Um, a lot of whitetail hunts. That's one of our biggest things because that's what we're known for in this area is our whitetail. You're going to see mule deer hunts. You're going to see elk hunts. Um, possibly a moose hunt. We're still talking about that one right now. Um, what are moose numbers like around here? Our moose numbers are good, but it's a draw system for 45 West for home here. Um, that's where I'm from is 45 West. Um, up in the Bronson, um, our numbers were really good, but it's it's getting really overly hunted. Um not from our people in this area, but people coming from other regions coming down to 45 West or 68 South, sorry, and hunting in there. And there was a lot of moose shot this season from people that were from like Regina and that kind of area. So they just don't have them down there. So they just don't have them. So they're coming up. No, to they don't have there. them. I've, I've seen them yep. in that area, but yeah. yeah, but they're just a little bit easier access here. Right. You know, it's a little bit easier hunt for them because they, they can go into the bush and, and find them fairly easy kind of thing. Right. But yeah, you're gonna see lots. You'll see bear hunts and everything. Who's who's watching your show? Like you, you see where people are watching. We it, see right? a demographic, so we're starting to venture more out into the states now. Um, that's I where of, I kind of thought that. Yeah, yeah, but for the most part, our our viewers, like that's the one cool thing about the network, is they tell you where your most of your viewers are coming from. A lot of people from Lloyd are watching, and that's cool. Um, well, we've but been blessed in this area, really. We have, you know, we have. With, with the with the amount of animals and you know, yeah, just just the nature that we have. Absolutely, we have for sure. Like a lot of people from this area, like they know that there's animals here. I don't think they know how good a quality animals we have in this area. And like a lot of people think, well, I gotta go, I gotta go somewhere else to shoot a deer. Well, you really don't. Like there's a lot of there's, well, there's a lot, a lot of, of outfitters around this area there too, is. right? Yep. There's a lot of really good outfitters too. Like there's a lot of Americans come yep. into this area. Yeah. There right? is. There's a. Well, there's there a used lot. to be, of course, when you could. We're, yeah. we're starting to see them again. Like a lot of the ones that have got like the the jab and they're coming down across. You know. Anything happen in season two that kind of scares you a little bit? I had a bear come up my tree. And I was sitting there. He he wanted to come check me out a little bit. He didn't really scare me though. Well, well there was one time where we were talking, and you said, "Well, he looked at us, and then he 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 left." Is oh. he seeing you, or is he? Yeah. So like, there was there's a couple times like when you're hunting bears, um, a lot of people like actually bear hunting's fairly easy. Like that's the one thing. Like, but hunting a big bear is not. Big bears, yeah. So this one, we had this one bear on camera. He was a slob this year. Like he big big boy. Like stomach just about dragging on the ground, big boy. And uh, we were sitting in the stand, and I had my back, so the way I would have been facing north. And so we're bow hunting them, and we have our station over here, so you know, like you you pull back all in one motion kind of thing, so you don't have to move much. Um, but the trail is right here, so I have my cameraman behind me right here. He does. We try to also do like for camera style over the shoulder, so it's all genuine, unique, no recreation. I hate seeing TV shows where they have to go back and recreate a shot. Yeah. I, I want to showcase everything. If we mess up, we mess up. That's, I'm going to show you a real, real hunt. I'm not going to try to recreate or fake anything. 
Well, you're not going to force things either. No, I'm not going to force like things. Like the, the, that was very, you know, uh, prevalent in the in the antelope hunt where you're like, well, we couldn't get the camera in to shoot to to see the final shot. So yeah. apologies, but yeah, like that's that was one thing. Like yeah, on on that one, I would have liked to have had that follow up shot so people know that it was a genuine thing, but there was no way a cameraman was going to be able to stalk in and stay quiet with me on that one. He was in a little bit of a, a ridge line where you could just see the tips of his um, of his horns there, and there was that's all you were you're going to see on camera. So I was told that, yeah, I said, just keep it on me. I said, if we're able to get him in in, in sight, perfect. But uh, we need to at least have a follow-up. So this bear, you, you, you got somebody shooting over yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, so I had him over my shoulder here and all of a sudden i'm sitting there and he he came in like a ghost like i don't know how or where he came from all of a sudden hotly goes bear and i'm so i'm like looking like this way and he goes he's under our stand and i'm like thinking like yeah right kind of thing and then i like kind of like look around and this bear's just got us and he's just looking at us so I'm just like looked at Hutley. I was like, "Are you serious?" And he's just like, he's like, "I don't know where he came from." And I'm grabbing my, I'm trying to grab, reach for my bow, and then as soon as I'm going like this, all of a sudden I just hear him just go do the whole, <gasps> like that, and they just blow at you and they huff, and then he just spins and just gone, and he's just a pig of a bear. <laughs> I didn't end up shooting that bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's in season two. That's in season two. Uh, and you got that whole thing on yeah, camera. Yeah, well, you, that was the other thing. It was kind of funny because Hutley was sitting there, and he was facing, so he would have been facing like this, and he's looking at the barrel because usually they come down these trails this way and or from my side, and he came down the trail that we walked in on, and it's completely covered by, by bush. And uh, Okay, you guys say that all the time. How do you not run into anything? But we do. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of times where we'll actually be walking in. And uh, actually on season one, we walked in on a bear the night that Hutley ended up shooting that big one. I don't remember that. Yeah, uh, you'll see. We'll walk in and he says, he's just a little guy. But he was like, he was a big bear too. I actually was saying to Hutley, shoot him behind the camera. And I'm just going, I'm like, shoot him, Hutz. Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, why do I don't remember that? Well, you won't, you won't hear me or anything that okay. I'm just filming him. Okay. And so we're walking in. But yeah, it's on... That would have been the second episode. That's the the one that we called Redemption. Yeah, with the V. With the V. Yeah. It's just before he shoots that one. As we're walking in, we walk in on a bear, and he was in there. And we're from, I guess, Hutley would have been from about here to the window, from from where this bear stood up. And he's just standing there looking at him. And that's the one thing you can be very, fairly comfortable with bears as you get to understand them and know their mannerisms. You know when they're going to charge, and then you know when they're they're going to bluff or when they're just getting out of there and they're scared. Okay, but to know when they're going to charge, you have to have one charge you. Yeah. <laughs> When's that happened to you? Uh, that one happened to me this year. This I had one. I had one charge me as I was walking in. Season two. Yeah, but I didn't have it on film. Though. Oh, okay. That one there, we were just walking in, and it just happened quick. And it was mostly the fact that. Um, I think he was checking us out. I think he thought we were another bear walking in because he couldn't see us. And as soon as he saw us, he was like, oh, crap. Like, oh, crap. And like that, just like he and then he took off. But he came running in and that one got the old ticker going because I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the end of old Caleb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, you know, it'd probably been the end for old Caleb because I'm faster than Caleb. Yeah, so I've been taking right. his leg yeah. out, too. So, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so season two, when does it premiere and where can you um, watch Just Relentless? You're going to be watching it on the Sportsman Channel originally. That's where we air. Um, does that and, air in the States too? No, for this, unless we they do a crossover sometimes every once in a while, the network will do that and they'll do like a, a preview of, of Canada and they'll put it on the, that one there. And that's when we we usually get a lot more viewers, but the network fee for the sportsmen in the States is like we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to Can do you that imagine, one. Yeah. So that one, that one, we'd like to, to get into that network at some point. But that one's down down the road. I think people think when you get a you get a television show that they get a whole crew working for you. You, you know, know what I mean? That they supply yeah. it. Um, TV stations are very small nowadays. Like uh, yep. these channels are really really small, and they're run on a really shoes you know shoelace yep. budget. Yeah. No, you pretty much you pay your fee to get on TV. You record it, you edit it, or you pay an editor to do it. Which that's not, that's anywhere from five to thirteen thousand dollars per episode. Um, I edit all my own stuff. Um, me and Kaylin, we do a majority of all of our stuff there, and uh, it's it's a lot of work. Like that's the one thing, the one thing that I do that annoys me the most about that is there be people that say, "Oh, it must be nice. It must be nice." Well, you don't realize how much time that we've had to sacrifice the, the editing family is not gatherings. E and editing yeah. is not easy. Oh, it's not. It's like I know I got I know I got this uh, this shot here. Where was that? And then you're looking through hours and hours. You're of looking tape. through like we're talking. Or this would look really good here. Yeah, like four terabytes worth of footage. Yeah. Like, and it, <laughs> it's not easy. And then you, like, think you have it the way that you want. And then you get it to to where you think it's it's good. And then you watch it and you're sitting there and you're like, like, I bet you I've watched all of my episodes. I couldn't tell you how many hundreds, hundreds of times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's got to change. And it might be just some, some of the smallest. It might be a transition. It might be a camera angle where I'm like, no, let's let's go with this one. Let's make this one better. So there's a there's a ton of work that goes into it, and a lot of people don't understand it. But a lot of people that do that, oh, it must be nice to hunt for a living. Or oh, it must, must be nice to be able to do that. You can. Anybody can do it. But you got to be willing to sacrifice things for it. I went a long time without seeing family. I went a long time without being able to hang out with my friends. But you know what? I got my brothers with me, so that's what mattered to me. I was able to do that, and that's what we enjoy. Um, but a lot of people don't understand it. So Sportsman Channel Canada. Sportsman Channel Canada, and then after we air on Sportsman Channel, we're able to put it on social media platforms. Right away? Uh, no, we have to wait until we're done airing. So as soon as it's done airing, we can put stuff on. But the whole season has to finish airing? The whole or? season has to finish airing in our quarter that we're put on for. Um, that was the one thing that was pretty cool is we had a really successful first season and they put us on quarter four as well because of the success that we had in season and quarter three. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, I had a question about that too. How many episodes? We're doing six. We did six episodes the first year. Um, this year here, we're going to try to add a couple more. So to, to get six hours, uh, uh, well, each episode is half an hour, right? Each episode is half an hour. 20, 25 minutes, somewhere yep. in there, right? How many hours of hunting? How much footage do you have to film to get those six episodes? I kind of put it to you, let's see, for 24 minutes, for actual hunting hours. And maybe roll is the same B-roll a couple of times? Yeah, because there's, there's B-roll, right? So It's like in the Flintstones when they go by the same window seven times. Yeah. You just hope people don't notice. And yeah, like yeah. It's, it's like kind of the same thing, right? Like, But you use the same shot. You might film the same shot 
a hundred and some different times. Like, um, the amount of hours that goes into it. Like, I, I, I almost guarantee you it takes to get 24 hunting minutes. You need about probably about 12 hours of footage, of straight footage to be able to make it. So how much, how much have you learned about, like, have you learned almost as much about hunting as you have about camera work yeah, doing this like, show? You do. Like, that's the one thing that you will, you will learn how to become a better hunter as you're going along with it. But you also learn how to become a better cameraman, more techie, learning that kind of thing. Man, I didn't even know how to run a computer. And then all of a sudden I had to edit a show. And that was one of the biggest challenges for me is because I didn't even know how to do that. And then all of a sudden I had to edit a show. Here's a platform. Go ahead, boy. Good luck kind of thing. But does it take some of the fun out of hunting a little bit for you? Because you're always like you're worried about, oh, man, but well, I got to make sure. I'll put it to you this way. There's a lot of times that we didn't get a sh didn't shoot an animal because the camera wasn't where we needed it or we didn't have them in view. There's a lot of times where I peeked over. Like I, I did a mule deer hunt this this year where I was down south deer stood up i could see him the camera couldn't i couldn't shoot him and it's just so like that kind of thing that creates a that's challenge. gotta be frustrating eh? oh yeah yeah but like that's the thing though right like he's trying as hard as you are and you can't get mad well you wanted to challenge you want bows it's a challenge bows, you, you that's know. my challenge that's you, my yeah that's my adrenaline like that's i always say to people that are like what's bull hunting like i rode bulls for six years i get more adrenaline rush from bow hunting than i do from riding bulls I just do and it lasts longer I you'll see when I shoot my bear this year the adrenaline set in so hard my legs were going like this on the stand you even hear the stand going da -da 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 after I shoot but that's how it's always been for me I don't get it before as soon as I shoot and then my body relaxes and all of a sudden it's just like whop and then the adrenaline hits you and it's just like well I, I can only imagine like like even even just to see it yeah like because I mean, you know, it's not like you see a bear every day, right? Yeah. But when even when you're driving, you see a, a big moose, you see a bear or something mm -hmm. like that, like all of a sudden your heart starts racing. Your heart starts like, racing. You know, I've seen a bear stand up in front of me and I'm in a vehicle and you start going, ho. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. You know, wait a minute here. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I better just back up. <laughs> this, uh, I, I get, like, I'm, I'm really passionate about hunting. That's, that's my thing. And uh, this year I had a really big whitetail on camera. And we had seen him a couple years prior, and we, we know our deer. So, like... You guys name your deer. We do. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There, there's this one bloodline that we have come down, and it, it was the alpha bloodline is what we called it. Because there's this one one buck. He was an absolute stud. And he was, he was just a giant. And we never actually ended up finding that deer, but we always saw his sons. And then we could always see that genetics get passed down and passed down and passed down. And so I ended up shooting his son, Bravo. And then I ended up shooting Charlie. And then next year's Delta, if that bloodline is still going and we're still able to see. We have. I know that he has yeah. his, his genetics out there. So Delta is probably the next one up to bat if Cricket's not up to bat. So Yeah, Cricket's become very, very popular, hasn't he? Yeah. He's still out there? He's out there. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Caleb, I, I can't thank you enough for oh, man, thanks for, your for having time, me on especially, here. you know, you got four days left here. No, I appreciate you guys to having fill me that on. tag, but
really appreciate it and hopefully you'll come back and see us again just, will, just ahead of season two and yeah you tell betcha. us a little bit more on how things how things worked out oh i actually really appreciate you having me on kurt and we appreciate cal giving you some time to come yeah down thanks too. thanks cal yeah appreciate it yeah <laughs> awesome uh caleb davidson just relentless when does season two start uh season two will air in june next june and if you haven't checked out season one you can find it on youtube right now yeah all the episodes are on there uh, episode six will be uploaded probably the end of this week so that's the final episode awesome thanks caleb all right buddy great to see you great to see uh great to have you join us as well we're back on thursday as i mentioned we'll talk about what is happening in downtown lloydminster with think lloyd first thursday uh coming your way and then on saturday we'll find out more about uh the legion and what they're doing for remembrance day it's gonna be very similar to what they did last year so have a great day we'll talk to you thursday